Welcome to Brand Story, Inc. I'm your host, Jay Sharman. Every week, we sit down with smart folks to talk about innovative ways they are creating content to connect with their audiences. I'd like to say every company can be a media company, and this conversation hopefully helps you understand why. Today's guest is Mark Harine, the Chief Business Officer of Four Soccer Ventures. Founded by Richie Graham, an investor in MLS, Major League Soccer's Philadelphia Union, Four Soccer Ventures is a portfolio of soccer-related businesses that's creating a movement to drive participation and the fan base of growing the game of soccer in America, with a particular bent on groups that have had challenges getting access to the resources to succeed in the sport. As you'll hear from Mark, this company is involved in building leagues, soccer academies, philanthropy, and it's all fueled by a media company within the business, which is why I invited Mark to come here today and join us on the show. A movement through media. I love it. I've known Mark for a couple of years now, and you're going to be impressed. He made a big dent at ESPN, where he rose the ranks to become vice president of revenue. Uh, And during his decade-long career from 2006 to 2016 there, he was on the front lines of evolving and nurturing new revenue streams for the worldwide leader. From there, he was the general manager of the Americas for well-known soccer media publisher Copa90, where he helped bring the startup from launch to eight figures in revenue in a very short time. And Mark's one of my go-tos for understanding the where things are and where they're going when it comes to the media company mindset building authentic communities, and figuring out how to make money around them. I hope you enjoy our conversation. I know I did. You can find Mark on Twitter at Mark, M-A-R-C-J, Horine, H-O-R-I-N-E. That's at Mark J. Horine. Let's roll. Well, Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jay. So excited. You know I've been wanting to do this for a long time, man. It's like the disruptor challenge, the disruptor throwdown here. <laughs> there's quite a bit. To un- there's a quite a bit to unpack in that intro that, that I just went through. Uh, but but Mark Ryan's such a great guest for our community because everywhere he's been, there's been two common denominators: a deep understanding of building community and value through content, and he's been at the leading edge. So before we jump into the DeLorean and go back to the future, let's start with the current. Explain for our listeners what Four Soccer Ventures is. Yeah. Uh, so I'll give you kind of the, the Reader's Digest version, Jay. We are committed to growing soccer on and off the field in America. Um, so the, the guy who started Four Soccer Ventures is a man named Richie Graham. And Richie has been investing uh, in youth development for the last 10 years. He also co-owns the Philadelphia Union, is the largest minority investor in Major League Soccer, has a real passion for for youth development and growing the game uh, on the field. And a couple of years ago, he and um, some of my colleagues put together a thesis that uh, he should he should also try to win off the field. So we're a company committed and dedicated to growing the sport of soccer full stop. And that's everything from serving uh, communities uh, across the country, underserved communities, black and Hispanic communities, the women's game, the youth side of uh, soccer, and, you know, we, we see the next 10 years as being the most important 10 years uh, in American soccer history with the World Cup in 2026 being our North Star hmm. uh, and, and really a moment for 
you know, the U.S. to show that we truly are a soccer nation. And, you know, one of the most exciting things that we, we can talk about on the podcast is just the proliferation of Americans that are playing abroad. You had mm-hmm. Americans playing the Champions League today. Uh, and it's just a it's a moment in time as somebody who's been in and around the sport my entire life. It's just a moment in time where the sport is is not only here, it's it's thriving. It's exploding. Uh, more kids are playing than ever. And it's uh, it's a sport for for all all ethnicities, communities. Uh, and, you know, we're really excited to be sort of at the heart of that conversation here in America. Well, I think one of the things that it's probably not surprising, as I read his bio, Mark's background at ESPN and uh, at Copa 90 uh, and, and the heart of Brand Story Inc. is is you personify in everywhere you've been just this mindset of an organization's really a media company. And obviously at ESPN and Copa 90, they were media companies. And so, but here you just talked about it. It was interesting. You talked about four soccer ventures and it's a movement. You described a movement, right? About yep. propelling soccer in America. And I want to peel that back because I know, and I want our listeners to kind of um, get to understand a little bit better, that at the heart, at, at one of the core pieces of that is is content and the business around yep. content of what you're doing. So explain um, for Soccer Ventures through the lens of how you guys view yourself as a media entity. Yeah, so within For Soccer Ventures, I mentioned the on-field side of the business, youth development. We own the and operate the Philadelphia Union Academy, which is also a first-of-its-kind high school. Uh, we're invested in tournaments. Uh, we just acquired the largest Hispanic soccer business in America called Alianza de Football, which mm-hmm. which I'll talk about in a second. So that's all on the field. Off the field, you know, we're focused on uh, media capabilities, agency services, supporting brands um, that are looking to connect with soccer communities uh, pr- from a strategy perspective, content development, distribution, uh, perspective. So, you know, the American soccer community, as I mentioned before, is a, it's very complex. You know, each mm-hmm. region has different nuances. We're actually working on a soccer mapping project as we speak so that we can share with, with our, our brand and, and broadcast partners, you know, what each region looks like. But essentially, from a content perspective, you know, we're, we're, we're doing a lot of, you know, what you would expect. We just launched a podcasting network mm-hmm. dedicated to American soccer. One is sort of the American soccer fanboys. The other is called Orange Slices, which is hosted by my colleague and uh, former U.S. men's national team player Heath Pierce. And then a current national team player named Mark McKenzie, who's now playing professionally in Genk. He actually came up through the Philadelphia Union Youth Development System. And that podcast is really about connecting the past, present, and future of American soccer with sort of an American soccer, uh, an Americana undertone and sort of celebrating, you know, the U.S. as a soccer nation and sort of all the great culture and history around, you know, what we've achieved and, and sort of where we're going. So podcasting. You know, content development, we um, we just actually released a content series in collaboration with uh, CBS and Verizon. Um, so, you know, storytelling is, is really at the heart of, of, of the company. You know, everyone in the company comes from soccer. We all have a, a soccer back, background and soccer story to tell. As mm-hmm. I mentioned, I, I grew up playing, played in college, was fortunate to, to help manage ESPN FC through the 2014 Brazil World Cup. And then, as, as you said, I was at Copa 90 for, for a couple of years, helping grow that business here in the U.S. So it's, it's, there's, there's a lot of brands that are, that are looking to both understand the soccer consumer but need help with, with strategy, content development, 
uh, and, and distribution, really sort of how we can socially optimize content on, on platforms, which is, some, which is something I know you know very well. You know, a piece of content obviously looks a lot different on, on Facebook and TikTok and Instagram mm-hmm. and Twitter than it does on broadcast. So helping them understand that. You know, and I think Mark just raced through quite a bit there. I, I want to pause for a second here and, and, and we'll dive a little bit deeper. But I think there's nuance in what you said, right? I mean, if you look at the soccer landscape, it's not like there's there aren't other entities that are major players, right? There are other teams, yeah. there's the MLS, there's yeah. the network partners. But the way you described it, I loved. And we didn't talk about this in advance, so you, you talked about it as creating a movement. And, and I think that's important because here is a, a venture, right, that started by um, Richie Graham, right, and tied into the Philadelphia Union, which is a team, one team within the MLS. But you just talked about it. You're creating partnerships with CBS and brands, right? You're not just doing a podcast. You're creating a podcast network. And that's why I wanted you on this podcast because the way that you think, the way that you talk, and the scale and scope of which you go at, it's like this is kind of the banner I'm out there carrying. It's like it's own the niche. And, and, and you and I would be the first to say like yep. soccer's like it's not a niche, right? It's that's no. it's, that's a disservice. It's, it's way bigger than a niche. And so – the amount of opportunity, you know, I, I think this is something that I continue to maybe get a little preachy on because it's like it's the niche within the niche is where the wins are, right? Like, and that's, you know, your ability to understand how to connect the dots for a brand, not just on, hey, let me make a six-part series for you, right? It's like, yeah. no, how to actually penetrate the highly fragmented, you know, youth organization versus yep. the – you know, collegiate system versus the MLS, you know, academies, yep. like the academies, all of this stuff. Yep. Um, that's really what we're talking about here. And it's why I'm so excited because it, it, it really um, personifies. So for that, like, what's the one thing that when people get to know you and really, and by you, I mean, for soccer ventures, yeah. when they, when they pull the curtain back, what's the thing that you're hearing? Like, Oh my God, I didn't know you did that. Or, or the most surprising thing that you guys do that people should know about. I think, yeah. Great question. I think for me, it's that we are the soccer relationship headquarters in America, right? So mm. we're not doing this just to make money for our investors or, you know, for the next board meeting or the, you know, quarter to quarter sprint that a lot of, of startups listen. We obviously have the same, we have financial pressures, but, you know, we, we have a greater calling and a greater purpose, which, as you said, is to, is to serve all soccer communities across the country and be that organizing principle um, for, for brands, platforms, broadcasters, team, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. So really the American soccer platform is really what we're trying to achieve. And I think what's, what's been interesting is when you sort of put yourself at the center of that conversation, we are connectors, right? I, we connect people to all aspects of, you know, this culture, right? Whether yeah. it's a club, a tournament, a team, a brand, um, a diversity and inclusion effort, you know, whatever it is, we, we like to connect. And if we may, there may be nothing in it for us. And a lot of times there isn't, mm-hmm. but we just like connecting like-minded people that sort of believe in sort of the, the opportunity in America um, to connect communities. Right. So yep. it's that to me is like, you sort of come at it and this is something you and I have talked about before, whether, you know, just in your professional life, you know, your, your sort of reputation and your integrity is, is kind of everything and, and trust being the most important mm-hmm. factor. When people trust you and you connect them to other people, you know, it comes back. So we like to be, you know, connectors and collaborators 
and, and as I said, really be that relationship headquarter to, um, to help, to help everybody. Like it's, it's really, I mean, it sounds a little uh, cliche, well, it but sounds, no, yeah. it's like Adam Grant, right? You're, you're given some give and take there, right? It's the Adam Grant methodology of, of like really, you know, I think I saw something the other day HubSpot did where it was like, it's all about the flywheel. This notion of getting people through a funnel is a little outdated. It's like the flywheel. It's like, yeah. it's the, the community you build, the company you keep, the people you help and how to kind of like, yeah benefit off of that so before we go um back in time i do want to i thought it was interesting you mentioned your north star being the world cup in 2026 which is fascinating considering we're still in the pandemic and um you know most people's strategic planning is like in the matter of weeks or maybe months and you know you're you're looking at what is for soccer ventures look like I'll, i'll go halfway between now like what does it look like in two to four years from now yeah, it's a great question. I think, you know, obviously we want to build our on-field properties like Alianza to football. We just see a, a, a huge opportunity to uh, super serve the Hispanic uh, mm-hmm. community across the country. It's, it's growing. They are obsessed with soccer. They have been put at a disadvantage financially to, to, to play in certain soccer systems and, and, you know, youth development and academies, you know, around the country. So, Growing that, supporting that. We're also looking at supporting the black soccer community mm-hmm. um, well and, and what that looks like, you know, in, in, in different markets around the country, you know, working closer with, with Major League Soccer. Obviously, we're, you know, Richie's an owner, but we, you know, we work really closely because, you know, as, as Richie likes to say, you know, you need to have a healthy domestic league to, to sort of, you know, yep. lift all boats. Um, so there's you know, working with, you know, the working with everyone sort of along that sort of soccer journey to, to create more fans, to create more players, to connect more communities. And as I said, that's, it's, it's, it's black, it's Hispanic, it's female, it's, it's all aspects of, of, you know, all, all walks of life really. And then it's obviously proving out sort of the, the business model, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, owning properties, growing properties, working with with the right brands that sort of see the world the same way that we do. Well, so I want to stay there because you've you've talked about you know the community word is thrown a lot, thrown yeah, thrown around in the content world quite a bit, right? It's about building community. You're talking about quite literally building communities of of right different. Um, whether geographic or ethnic or through soccer, talk about the value proposition of how you see content and the value it will play in for soccer ventures growth. Yeah. I mean, the storytelling around these communities is just unbelievable, right? What, and I, I'm seeing it firsthand with mm-hmm. Allianz of the football and, and sort of our black soccer efforts you know, what some of these families have to do to get their kids to tournaments all over the country, you know, both mm-hmm. financially and just logistically is just mind blowing. And then the night, the amazing thing about what we've done or what Alianza de football has done over the last 20 years is these tournaments that they, um, they put together also include scouts from Liga Mackey, which is the top soccer league in Mexico mm-hmm. and major league soccer and USL. So you now have, you know, 80 kids that have gone through their program that are playing professionally. You've got kids that are on college scholarships. They just had a kid that went through their program that's starting at Harvard in the fall. Hmm. So you just sort of see the various ways and the storytelling around that is it, it, it hasn't it hasn't really reached a mainstream audience 
And we're really excited to tell all of those stories because, I mean, I mean, really, they're, they, you know, they pull your heartstrings. You know, you want to support these families and you want to make it easier and more affordable for kids to play soccer because mm-hmm. it's just a great team sport that teaches a lot off the field as well. Right. Um, confidence and organization and building friendships and trust and all the things that, you know, come along with, you know, playing a sport. You know, I, I, I met Mark, uh, through a mutual friend, Randy, and he was like, you gotta just meet this guy. You got you two or you two will just, I'm in, in, he actually, I met Mark in New York back when you used to be able to do that thing, maybe three years ago and two years ago. And we sat down and just like, you know, time went by as we're jamming on our, our nerdiness around kind of the content space. And at the time you were you were just leaving Copa ninety and I was so impressed yeah. um to, to hear Mark Harine talk about Copa ninety, right? A, a media publisher dedicated to soccer. So this is not your first rodeo in this space by any means. No. I'm I'm curious um, just in the time since you left Copa 90, now that you've been at, at Four Soccer, I mean, Copa 90 was a media publisher, right? In the traditional yep. sense, Four Soccer is media publishing is a piece of the overall business model. What's changed, you know, maybe yeah. in the context of both kind of the business, the PL, and and obviously the consistency you've had as soccer, but what's changed and, and what's been most valuable for you from the Copa 90 experience that you're bringing to Four Soccer? Yeah, I mean, Copa 90 was a, was a pretty amazing experience for me for a lot of reasons. One, it was uh, right after I, it, within a year after I'd left ESPN and had been in a big, big media company for almost 20 years, so, so reinventing myself in a, in a startup in the mid-2010s, but also sort of opening my eyes to soccer supporter culture. That was really the foundation for Copa 90 was telling the supporter culture stories. Like that's where they, that was the, you know, sort of the, the genesis of, of the company mm-hmm. in 2012 as a YouTube channel. So when you, when you see up close and personally what supporter culture looks like around the world, and I'd experienced this on a, on a trip to Argentina in 2006, I went to a Boca Juniors game in Buenos Aires and I saw the lunacy of these fans <laughs> mm-hmm. is just like mm-hmm. it doesn't there's nothing in america that right. compares to going to an international soccer game you know college football maybe being the closest i know you're a big northwestern guy and i'm sure you guys get pretty rowdy out there in uh, in chicago yeah. but <laughs> it is it's just it is just mind-bending to go to these games and to see the passion it's religion really yeah, it is. everywhere on it's it's just religion so when you see that and you see sort of how that connects back to American soccer culture. And, and at the time I had started Copa 90, Atlanta United was coming into Major League Soccer. Mm-hmm. And, and really out of, you know, out of nowhere, I shouldn't say out of nowhere, this had sort of been you know, brewing for a while, created you know, 70,000 yeah. people at, to a game. And sort of the, the blending of hip-hop culture, music, food, you know, yep. different countries, you know, black, white, Hispanic. It just was like this amazing uh, recipe for success. And and then, you know, it was funny because our colleagues in London would be calling, what's going on in, in Atlanta? Seriously. You know, what's going on at LAFC? If you go to right. LAFC, they have the standing room section where the, the fans don't sit. Thousands of people don't sit. Yeah. For, it was actually my last, my last experience before COVID hit was – we were at the LAFC Philadelphia Union game, an amazing 3-3 tie. Um, great game for the Philadelphia Union, who ended up going on to win the Supporters Shield, which is uh, the regular season champs in, mm-hmm. in Major League Soccer. Anyway, sort of when you start seeing that, yeah, come that Atlanta, to America, that Atlanta and you story. see 
the 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 cultural adjacencies in America to soccer, mm-hmm. music, fashion, art, food, and how that all kind of comes together, you know, in these cities and. You know, you, you see what's happening with Major League Soccer expansion. You just see the opportunity. So, you know, Copa 90 really opened my eyes to that. Also introduced me to a lot of amazing people in the industry. Um, and as I said, it helped reinvent me as a as a uh, sports executive to kind of, you know, in a, I was in a different gear. Like you go from sitting in, you know, you know this, you go from sitting in meetings and conference rooms all day and dealing with sort of politics and a big media company to like, you only get a job if you can bring in business, right? Yeah, you're booking your, your own next... travel and actually like booking your own travel, <laughs> getting your own meetings. And I started my career in sales, right? So yeah. it was like yeah. it was sort of me for me coming full circle. It was like, all right, now you got to go back out hunting again. And and we were fortunate to you know to land some big fish and work with a lot of great people. So you know it was an awesome experience for me. And then you know things change quickly in startup world, as you know, and was able to pivot into four soccer ventures like yeah. Copa 90 was just an awesome springboard for, for where we are now. And, and two of the guys that were, were colleagues of mine at Copa 90 work with me um, at four soccer ventures. And, you know, I've been, I have, I've been fortunate to have a wide network through ESPN and, and Copa 90 to tap into to people with all sorts of skills and, and, uh, and resources. So it's been awesome. You know, it's uh, that Atlanta United story is one of the great modern day case studies, right? I mean, I think, and it's interesting because you touched on a couple of things there of like the culture and lifestyle and, um, you know, Levita Baseball, which is our media publishing company, yep. is very similar, similarly wired in terms of, um, you know, the Copa 90 of, of baseball, if you will. It's just the one thing I will say that's really frustrating um, for me as a white guy is the fact that, and, and, and I think one of the positives that's come out of all the social unrest over the past year is that it's like the amount of lip service that's been given to the Hispanic community from a marketing perspective. You talk about like the fact that, um, and I, I've experienced it firsthand. Like it's one of those things, like I know what I know I've seen it. And it's kind of like, Oh, but don't they all speak Spanish? Like some of these generalizations, it's like, okay, we're now at a point where one in five Americans is Hispanic. Like this is not, you know, to your point of that's, that's not niche, right? 60 million nope. Americans are of, Latino are Latinos, right? And it's like, it's such a ripe business opportunity, but I still feel in the legacy thinking, it's still viewed as a smaller niche. Um, and it's it's your point. It's almost like you take people to what you just described by the, by the scruff of the neck and be like, look at this. I mean, it's kind of what it takes, right? To change perceptions yeah. and behaviors of decision makers who don't have the cultural relevance. No, that's right. And I tell you, it is a um, it is an untapped market. I, and I've been following La Vida as um, as you guys have been building that and, you know, really excited to see the, the new Clementi series that you guys are developing. And, you know, we're just seeing it on the soccer side. Right. Too. it's it is a soccer is a family affair in you know Hispanic households. And like it, like I said before, it's it's religion. It's you know, it's what they it's what they wake up and think about, and when they go to bed, and they think about. And I tell you, the pandemic presented some some real challenges for for our Hispanic efforts on mm-hmm. the Alianza side. And our the the, the two gentlemen that, that founded um, Alianza de Football um, were able to pivot. Uh, Sky Richard Copeland reached out to Feeding America, and they mm-hmm. pivoted their their ten city tour or tournaments into a 10 city uh, food drive and wow. they went around the country and they were able to connect 
with 50,000 Hispanic families and give out 400,000 household items, wow. right? So, and then you have brands like Allstate and Verizon that are, you know, you know mm-hmm. also, you know, supporting it and, and, and putting their money where their mouth is, right? And, and sort of seeing that it's not just about soccer, it's about family connections and, and giving back to people that need it. And just, you give them the opportunity. As I said before, you got 80 kids that are playing professionally now. They just need the opportunity. It's yeah. that simple. Yep. Well, I we've only got a couple minutes left and I gotta go back in the time machine because I think uh, there's a spot in this bar. I'm gonna create this bar of like, um, I wish I wish people listened to me then is gonna be the name of the bar. And you have a seat at it because I'm gonna go back to ESPN and you know, you had one of the coolest jobs, right? Like coming up yeah. with new revenue streams for the company, right? Like yeah. commercial business, like go develop new business for ESPN. And I want to say it's back like 2006, you were you were on the lead of audio. Like, hey, this yeah. thing podcast and this thing audio, there is a business here. And now it's 2021 and like yeah. it's the year of the podcast. Like the last 12 months has been an explosion. I got to take me back. <laughs> you got to take us back. Like truth be told, like – well, you're on the leading edge of this. Like, what did you yeah. see then? And then how does it feel now to see this kind of play out in terms of when you were banging that drum 15 years ago? It's funny, Jay, right? I, um, you know, I've been very fortunate to always have people much smarter than me surrounding me. So, and I, I, I you know, when you see, when you see smart people, passionate people, you tend to keep your eye on them and, and you try to hire them. Right. That's yeah. kind of always been my, uh, my management motto. And, you know, I was, I, I surrounded myself with some really smart people back then who were as passionate about digital audio as I was at the time. No one cared. Nobody cared about digital audio. When you looked at the ESPN pecking order, yep. you know, TV was at the top magazine at this time. Magazine yep. was second. Digital was creeping up to third, you know, radio was fourth, you know, digital audio was like tech. And that was sort of my, that was sort of my domain. And, you know, I just, I've always sort of, I don't know, maybe it's just the, uh, the underdog nature of being a soccer guy. You always want to, yeah. you know, fight, fight for relevancy and, and, and fight for what you believe in. And we just knew that audio was an incredible platform. Digital audio was going to explode. And, you know, when, when podcasting, sort of came to be with we partnered with apple and you know we launched the bill simmons podcast yeah. and we launched fantasy focus which you know all these shows that are you know bill ended up selling his company for yeah a couple hundred million you know if i could go back in time be like you know what you might want to stick with podcasting and, you know, oh, as God. opposed to digital advertising and uh yeah, exactly i know we, we but listen it was it was awesome and um i i just kind of laugh about it because you know there was a time I laugh about it a lot with my my ESPN radio, my former ESPN radio colleagues, where we were running up and down Madison Avenue selling Mike and Mike in the morning, Dan Patrick. And then, you know, you bring in the I'd be the digital guy. And then there's this thing called podcasting. This is the future of digital audio. And people are like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Uh, Sorry, lunch. We're out of here. Meeting's over. Thanks, buddy. (laughs) Get the digital nerd. Take him back out. I don't even know what that is. I think I, you know, I have an iPod. Uh, I love it. I love oh, yeah. it well. But, but we stuck with it, right? We yeah. stuck with it. We saw it. We started bringing brands on board. We held digital audio symposiums. I remember sitting, you know, with Tim Westergreen from, from Pandora talking about the future of digital audio and how you can listen on your phone. And all. so, you know, to be sort of there at that 
time yeah. throughout my career at ESPN, all the groundbreaking efforts that, you know, I was fortunate to be a part of just awesome. Right. You know, it was a, wow. a moment in time. You know, it's funny because, um, what I'm about to say could be taken as pretentious, and I don't mean it to be. To your point, it's like I have been in the 21-year history of Teamworks Media, I have been wrong consistently on one thing, and it's timing, right? It's like, I'm like, oh, it's here. Digital media is here in 2014, right? It's like here we are in Mobile, 20- mobile advertising was a big one for us. Yeah. But it's like, you know, I, I got to say, it's like there are a lot of people out there, It's and, and you're one of them. You're in the club. Like we, we struggle sometimes with like, I call it the, the, the trade mag gap. There's what we know yeah. is coming. There's what you're reading in the trade publications, like sports media. And then there's a the reality of where the marketplace buys, and that gap yeah. is just is big. So, I'm, I, you know, last question I have for you before I have a couple personal ones, last business question. Knowing that, you, as you just described, and I love the visuals of Mark Ryan, the digital guy, being like, no, seriously, this thing called podcast, right? Like fast forward it's 15 true. years. What, what, uh, talk about what do you see now? Like through the four soccer, like what are you looking at now for the next couple of year? What's the next podcast for you? Or what's the here and now thing that you're like, I can't believe this trend isn't where it needs to be right now. Yeah. I, I think we're entering a totally new dimension, Jay, that is rooted in racial equality journey, social change mm-hmm. and sort of the world of, and I, I just came from this, this dimension of like, everyone trying to out clever each other with content and you know who's got the best you know the the best next best clever idea or pun or Mm -hmm. you know it's just like the cool the cool factor of content i think is always going to be there but i think there's going to be less emphasis on doing what's cool and more emphasis on doing what's right and helping as I said, helping sort of, you know, underserved communities. And, and I think if, if I'm a brand, that's where I'm looking to invest. Like, I don't know, there's always going to be sort of the, you know, <laughs> the right. TikTok cool stuff with, without right. a doubt. But I think if you really want to, if you really want to change consumer behavior or consumer perceptions, I think brands, and this is happening and we're seeing yeah. it in real time at our company, Brands need to change that conversation that it's not just trying to impress you with a clever ad. It's about giving back and doing more. And, you know, I was the best work that I ever did at ESPN was, you know, working for a decade on Special Olympics. Like Mm -hmm. all the stuff that we talked about was fun and we grew the business, you know, Mm -hmm. by by leaps and bounds and hundreds of millions of dollars. But when I would sit down and and work together with my colleagues on, you know, driving Special Olympics Mm -hmm. and working on the V Foundation and every summer we did a auction for cancer where we just shut down ESPN from a sports perspective and and told, you know, heart-wrenching stories about cancer survivors and you know like that sort of i i just feel that dimension coming from a media perspective more into focus than it ever has which i think is really exciting for people that you know want to want to see change in the world that want to you know help help you know brands connect with you know that those audiences so that that's my 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 take to put a bow on that and and uh get my final question and Going back to my timing thing, I, I'm gonna. I mean, I, what's it called? The Wayback Machine, where you can go back and look at websites. I'm gonna say yeah. like 20, 2014 Teamworks Media. You, I kind of was can like see some of my old websites there. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, so go back seven years or so. I, I don't. I, I could be off by plus or minus a year or two. 
I, you know, I was like, I was talking. I was like, you know what? It's our content needs to make a difference. It's all about purpose. We're a purpose yeah, marketing you company. Always, you guys have always been there. Yeah, but we we put purpose marketing on our website from a positioning yeah. right standpoint. Yeah. And after like six months, we had to take it down because people thought we were a religious company, right? Right. Like the right. word purpose was so misinterpreted at the time as like, hey, so you guys doing like um, church content? And I was like, oh my gosh, right? And like that was seven <laughs> years ago, right? And now right. like to, to that you're, point. You're, you're podcasting. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, I want to flip it over in the couple minutes we have left and just – uh, obviously by now the listeners have, have figured out while you're modest about surrounding yourself with smart people, that you are a very smart guy. And, uh, you know, while you worked at ESPN, you were, you were an entrepreneur then and are now, um, who just happened to work in a large company. But I'm curious, Mark, uh, I do this with each guest morning must. I, I, when you get up in the morning, how do you stay on top of industry content, business trends, like fess up? Who do you let into your email inbox and, and some maybe social follows of choice to kind of help you stay on top of the world that is? Yeah, I'm like you, Jay. I'm kind of a, a PR junkie, right? Um, I, I tend to read everything. You know, our, our game is is really understanding and, and, and knowing the marketplace cold, mm-hmm. right? So um, I am still a uh, I'm still a journal uh, New York times guy in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like I have to say, I start my morning with the times. Mm-hmm. I think that their, their daily podcast is probably for me. And when I go for my morning run is probably the best media product that the daily, that I, the daily, I just like, it's just like it, Frank, Barber, Frank Barbaro's voice, man. We all try to imitate him. <laughs> it, it's just a, it's just a, uh, the, the way it's produced, the storytelling, like they did, they did this one yesterday on, or two days ago on, on Rush Limbaugh, mm-hmm. who, when I was, when I was coming up through the ranks, I started my career in, in radio. And I remember sort of the, you know, Rush being this mm-hmm. massive juggernaut of, of radio, but just to kind of hear the story and the way that they tell the, the yeah. storytelling, of it again, back to the storytelling, it's just, it's just awesome. But, you know, I, I tend to read, you know, the, the usuals, you know, I, I love, I love, um, of Digiday, mm-hmm. uh, but I the, the my morning go tos are, are still the journal, still the Times. Mm-hmm. I, I am a, I'm a big believer in balance because my day is spent, you know, reading the ad ages and the uh, yeah. the front office sports, and you know I really love what the guys at Sportico are doing right yeah. now. They're awesome the way that they're covering um, covering the industry. So uh, you know I, I tend to I tend to ingest as much as I can in the morning. I also like to watch CBS this morning. That's not a plug because we work with CBS. I just really enjoy that show. Yeah, they're the best. Um, I think they're, 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 they are, to your point, they've, they've kind of figured out a way to differentiate themselves with deeper storytelling. It's more meaningful, in my opinion. But I'm a, and, and you know, we talk about this. I'm a big music guy. So I, I yep. try not to, I try not, because when you're sort of in a role like yours and mine, where it's literally nonstop from the moment you wake up till, till dinner and that, that glass of wine, which I look forward to every night with dinner, it's like, it's just nonstop. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I try to, to balance it out with things like the daily. Um, Well, last question for you. Are you reading anything for fun or something that you've read for fun? You're going to laugh. Yeah. You're going to laugh. But the, the book that I have next to, uh, to my, on my bedstand, whatever that thing is called, is uh, all right, all right, all right, which is the oral history of Dazed and Confused. <laughs> I and, love it. I love it. And I like to, you know, like even if I get a few pages in, they're just like the way it's written. They're like little anecdotes, both by the cast, but also people that the that the movie was based on, and it just sort of takes you back in time. That's you know? awesome. 
30, awesome. 40 years ago. And I grew up in a, in a small town in upstate New York, which was very much a Friday night lights kind of town. So it's, very um, cool. yeah, super, super interesting and it's light. And I like to go to bed with something a bit light because <laughs> they, the days can be heavy uh, and intense. Nice. Well, Mark Orion for soccer ventures. We totally appreciate you spending your time with us and, uh, sounds like you guys are just kicking butt uh, we look forward to continuing to track your progress there no doubt um you guys are going to continue to be successful loved having you on thank you my friend i like that soccer pun you just threw in there too kicking butt <laughs> jay always it's great to great to reconnect really appreciate you having me on and uh you know, look forward and look forward to seeing all the great stuff out of, of Teamworks here and, and, you know, the new Clementi doc as well. So, you know, we're, uh, we're big fans. So thanks, man. Thanks for listening to Brand Story Inc. We'll be back next week with another conversation digging into the ways companies are becoming like media companies. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give me a follow on Twitter at underscore Jay Sharman and on LinkedIn.